infrastructure returns, whether it be a shopping center, whether it be apartments, or whether it be an uh, industrial, you base it on two things. You base it on the cap rate and the price per square foot. Best ever listeners, before we get into today's episode, I want to ask you, do you have a strategy right now where you are getting leads that come into your inbox while you're sleeping? Do you have a strategy where you are optimized with both Google AdWords and SEO, search engine optimization? If not, then guess what? Today's your lucky day. We've got a free strategy session just for you, and it's with Dan Barrett. If you recognize his name, he was a guest on episode 565, and he is the only certified Google partner agency that works exclusively with real estate investors. Go to adwordsnerds.com forward slash strategy and get a free strategy session to learn with him how to implement an online strategy for your market in both SEO and Google AdWords. Go to adwordsnerds.com forward slash strategy. Best ever listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is a show where we cut out the fluff and we only talk about the best advice that moves your business forward. This is the world's longest running daily real estate podcast. With us today, we have someone who has over 42 years in the real estate business with 20 years of banking experience. How you doing, Mel Kaplan? How are you? Thanks for putting me on the phone. My pleasure. Nice to have you and looking forward to learning from your experience. Mel is the president at Melvin M. Kaplan Realty. His main specialty is multifamily portfolios and five-star hotels. He has the buyer pay fees. All brokers keep 100% of the seller side of the transaction. He's based in Chicago, Illinois. And with that being said, Mel, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now? Joe was right. I was 22, 21, 22 years in banking. I worked at every position from being a teller to executive vice president in commercial lending. In 1974, I went into the real estate business and condominiums started in 74. I had 75 people who were working for me the, the second year in business, but I predicted that condominiums would be a hot item in the suburbs. I didn't want to compete with the Baden Warners and the big firms in Chicago, so I started to specialize in every suburb of Chicago. I took the Relcom book, which lists the apartment rentals. I cut off the binding. I made 450 folders. I gave each one 30 folders to go to every suburb in Chicago and to take a 3 by 5 card and write down the color of the brick, the color of the flowers, color of the hallways, but do not do not contact the management company because the management company will not give you any information. When they wrote down the information, two weeks can went by, and really 10% of 100 only work. The rest are followers, and I'm a leader. So I put my hand up, and I said, who founded an apartment complex? And they found one in Wheaton, which is a good suburb of Chicago. I said, let's have a bull chassis with the owner right now. I called the owner. I told him 
Mr. Kaplan. I just came back from your apartment complex, and let me congratulate you on the yellow brick and the beautiful flowers and the landscaping. I want him to think that I was really out there, but I have a three-by-five card in front of me, and I told the seller, I have a pension fund that I went with, and they want to buy your complex. You think we can make a deal? Now, I never, never ask a seller for a listing in 43 years now in the real estate business. I've only had two. If I can't sell something in a week, I don't waste my time. I don't mean close, but if I don't have enough action with the people, with the clients that I have, I don't go to other brokers for their buyers. I have enough buyers of my own. I get a lot of properties because people know my reputation. And I do over a billion to two billion a year in sales now with no exclusives. Selling now 9,000 apartments for one family. And I'm selling uh, today 3,700 units in South Carolina. I can get into any door, any seller, because I don't ask them to pay me any fees. I get all my fees from the buyer. I don't mind splitting a fee with a broker if he can't get a fee but never cheat the broker on the other end. If I get it from a third broker, always pay him equal amount because I might be the third broker sometime. So I have a philosophy in this business, never cheat the the hand that feeds you, and I live up to that standard. I've sold many, many shopping centers. I'm in the process now of selling 11 five-star hotels for a billion, six, And the larger the deal, the easier for me to do. I love working with brokers. I love teaching brokers the way I do say things. I work on volume. If I work on 50 deals at a time and lose 45 and make five, I'm a darn winner in this business. Most brokers try to get a listing. By the time they get the listing and the confidentiality agreement and the commission agreement, they have already wasted a week to two weeks waiting for documents to get signed. Meanwhile, I put my buyer, I put my seller together immediately. I don't worry about the commission part. I negotiate with the buyer in front, and I have enough credible buyers that I'm not worried about getting beaten out of my commission. My buyers and myself know the way I operate. They appreciate the way I operate because I put a buyer on the phone with a seller. I tell the broker, don't worry about it if you're getting paid. If you're not, I'll pay you, but I want to make sure you got a real seller because I really don't want to embarrass myself with, I've sold a lot, a lot of office buildings. I have one thought that if when I sell an apartment complex in the suburbs of Chicago, and I've sold many, many, many buildings in downtown Chicago. So I'm not just a suburban broker. I've sold many high rises and many buildings in the city of Chicago. But when I tell my people to go research a building, they better tell me who owns the building to the right, to the left, to the rear. Because if they don't tell that seller that they can deliver or the the to the right, to the left, and rear, that seller, if he wants to expand, he'll go back to you because you told him about it. If you don't research and tell him who the people are, then he'll come back to you and you make three commissions instead of one or get cheated on the other three properties. So I always do the same thing with multifamily. If a guy owns one complex, he's going to own many, many complexes. 
people just don't buy one if they're in the investment business. So in a year and a half, I sold 19 apartment complexes with my firm. I've sold about 13 myself. I do national real estate. I'm working on the two large deals now in the three billion range. And I have a new business that I'm selling is 20 master paintings like Van Gogh's. And I'm closing on that deal the 20th of this month. And that's over a $300 million deal. And you meet different kind of people when you deal with art. But I love the business. You got to eat and sleep what you do. And I eat and sleep this business. I work seven days a week. I make my calls. I try to rest on the Sunday. But if people want to call me, I'm available 24-7. And you can always reach me at 847 226 5081, and my email is Mel, M E L M, Kaplan, K A P L A N, at AOL.com. I'm always available to help, and I'm a great structure guy. Tell me your deal, and I'll tell you what the cap rate is, and I'll tell you exactly how to structure your deal. That whether it's with me or anybody else, I'm willing to teach young people the way I do real estate which is the complete opposite of any major broker firm today. Well, let's talk about the structure since you just mentioned that. Will you give an example of how you'd structure a deal? Yes. Structuring a deal right now, my 3,600 units, it's $600 million. There's a $400 million first. The seller wants $200 million over the debt. He said $200 million might be a little too much. So I say to the seller, take back a second or a wraparound, but a second for a short period of time. And when you refinance, you can get back your $100 million plus interest and make a deal as opposed to some brokers. Just lose the deal because they don't have the creativity to structure a deal to have a seller take back some financing to sell that deal. Whether the interest rates are high or whether the interest rates are low, if it's high, it's a seller's market. If it's low, it's a buyer's market. I can handle both ends of the market. If the interest is real high, then sellers take back financing they want to sell their projects. If it's a finance deal like today, that the rates are so low, you can refinance and really take a lot of money out. But for the first time in many, many, many years, people that are paying rents, they're more now under rent than they can on a mortgage. That's why condominiums are going to start to come back in the next six months to a year, and a lot of big high-rises are going to go condo. But if the interest rates start to creep up, you'll see another recession like we had in 2007 when the banks wouldn't loan money, I wouldn't refinance the mortgage, and the real estate market is cave. People are buying now pension funds and insurance companies, projects at three and a half to four caps, which is ridiculous. It's so low. And if the rates go up, which I'm sure it will, then they can refinance. Otherwise, they'll lose their money because they couldn't afford to pay the debt service. So I advise anybody that owns high rises, I advise you to 
condo the building while you still have the chance of blowing out on the deal and selling the whole thing or wait and then you you will not be able to service your mortgage unless you're highly leveraged if you buy real estate you should really buy it at 65% value so the price because you've got enough equity to sustain the high low the high interest and the low interest and the economy the way it is today when you think about your experience over the years and now that you're at where you're at where you're selling hotels shopping centers apartment communities those are different asset classes what are some of the similarities among all of those asset classes that you've learned over time they're really all the same you structure your structure returns whether it be a shopping center, whether it be apartments, or whether it be an uh, industrial, you base it on two things. You base it on the cap rate and the price per square foot. A lot of clients don't want to buy. The apartments are the best bet because actually hotels are the best bet because you can raise the rates at, at an instant in the hotel to offset any high interest rate that's, that's being raised. Apartments is a great asset, but you gotta when you have one and two year leases and the expenses go up, you can't make up that loss until the market turns around, and you'll see a lot of foreclosures because you can't make up the loss of income because people can't afford to pay. If the rates go up, they only have so much money to pay that the mortgage, and you'll get back into being foreclosed. And there's a lot of properties on the market that have no equity, the debt is higher than what the property is worth, and the banks have millions and millions of houses and properties that they're stuck with, and that's how people go and discount mortgages. That's what banks have to discount, but their reserves are going getting less and less because they can only go so much write-offs. And then the bank is, gets called in by the FDIC examiners that they have to put in more capital. Easy way around. I don't sell much industrial. Uh, that's a different end of the market. I really like to concentrate you know, on the commercial end, which is the hotels and multifamily, which is the hottest thing today. Mel, what would you say is your best real estate investing advice ever? The buy has got to be from day one. When you buy a property, if your profit is not in the buy, don't wait until you renovate or increase the rent to get your profit. If you buy high, then there's no way to go because if you raise the apartments, you're, you're getting the same value as you got when you bought it. There's no value in so my philosophy, I told my clients, unless the buy is a profit from day one, that you can see that the rents are low, that the expenses are real high, that you know you can reduce it by your experience. And if the rents are $300 on a one bedroom, or I mean on a studio, and you know the area is going for 350 to four, there's a lot of sellers that don't want to raise rents. They're worried about their old tenants. Well, when they sell the apartment complex, a new broom sweeps clean. 
and a new buyer is going to raise the rent 10, 20, 30%, and the people are stuck. They have no choice but to pay it. What's a story that you can tell us about property or a buyer that went a direction that you didn't anticipate, whether it was better or worse? Oh, I've been in that position myself. I bought three properties. I even got money back at the closing. And then 2007 hit, and I lost half of my tenants. I couldn't afford to pay the debt service. I had no choice but to turn the properties back to the bank. People make mistakes. I'm not 100% correct. I bought an awful lot of properties, made a lot of money on buying properties when I sold it. But I'm no different from anybody else. A lot of big developers lost their shirts in the 2007 big condo converters that the banks wouldn't refinance their projects. And as good as the, as the project is, the mortgage came due and they had no choice but to turn it into a foreclosure on the properties. Mm. And how do you approach your acquisitions now after learning that lesson? I try very, very hard when I look at an apartment complex I look for the most important thing, especially in Illinois, 20% of the real estate tax is on the gross income. And if I see that the real estate tax way below the 20%, then I know when I buy or sell that apartment complex, the real estate tax is going to go shoot way up. If the real estate tax is more than the 20%, then I have a great chance of reducing the taxes, which equates to the bottom line. I look at the utilities. I look at what they put into the project. And if you get good financing that you're not leveraged to the hilt, you can't go wrong in any kind of market. All right. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Whatever you want. <laughs> All right, first a quick word from our best ever partners. Empire Industries, a national award-winning company and the fastest-growing property management company in Houston, would like to offer you, best ever listener, a 30-day love-us-or-leave-us guarantee. Contact Empire Industries at 888-866-6727 for more info. That's 888-866-6727. What's the best ever book you've read? Exodus. I'm not a book reader. What's the best ever personal growth experience, and what'd you learn from it? Oh my God, I learned how to negotiate, which is my best attribute in negotiating a deal. If someone tells me about a deal, by the time they finish the deal, I know exactly what the cap rate is. I don't need a calculator. They told me, I told them exactly what the story is. I told them how to structure the deal. And they're amazed that how could I do this in five minutes where I don't use a calculator. But I can see the end of the tunnel where a lot of people just don't see the end of the tunnel. They see only half. So they don't know the solution. Now, I'm what you call a real estate doctor. I call myself that I enjoy what I do and know how the structure deals very good. A negotiating tip, never ask a seller for an exclusive 
because I'd never give a seller a chance to say yes or no. Always when you try to do a deal with a client, a seller, I always ask them, do you think we can make a deal? 90% of the sellers will say anything is for sale for the right price. I said, well, Ben, I would like very much to meet you because you might not like me when you meet me. On the other hand, I might not like you when I meet you and I'm not going to have a deal anyway. So we got nothing to lose but meet each other. You see what I do, who I am. And the best example, my first real estate deal, I sold 176 apartments. I lived in the city. I went out to Wheeling, which is uh, quite a ways from Chicago. I sat down with the owner. I asked him for the package. He said he didn't have it. But he said, I like the way you answer my questions. He said, if I was getting gross income, I was getting this net income, what would you sell it for? I sell between two seven and two eight, two million seven two eight. He said, You read my mind, I wanted two seven fifty. Come back Monday and I'll give you exclusive. And I said he didn't come here for an exclusive. I came here to sell. He said, I'm a former broker and he said if I don't give you the exclusive, other brokers are gonna go behind your back and go with me direct. So he forced me into an exclusive. I came back Monday, I got my first exclusive at six percent. 120 days, which is perfect. I came back Wednesday with a full contract, made $136,000. And I said to myself, so all I'm going to do from now on is multifamily. And that's when I sat down with my 75 people and I sold them a check for the money. And I said, if you want to work for Melvin Kaplan, I said, we're going to specialize in one product and that's going to be multifamily. And then uh, from that day, I sold 18 or 19 with my people more than any broker in Chicago. Any broker firm today has not sold more than that. No broker today has sold more multifamily in Chicago than you? No broker firm that didn't have a listing site has sold more apartment complexes than I have. Sure, they Jones Lang and people like that, they get exclusives. Because the pension funds and the insurance companies have to give them exclusive to market the property. No matter if I tell them I have a buyer at four and a half cap rate, which is fantastic, they can't deal with me. Is because they, according to the law, they have to market the property. And to me, auctions are just a way to bid low to see if you can get it. And most of the time, the sellers get cheated because they take the best of the low and they don't know any better where they could have gone to me and got a much higher price. But according to the law, I'm forbidden to get listings from any pension. I don't do listings, but they won't let me sell it on my own because public companies needed to be marketed no matter what price they get. I had to create my own way of doing real estate, and I chose the value method where I don't worry about commissions and I don't worry about confidentiality agreements, and I don't worry about having my seller sign me a commission agreement. My buyer puts my name in the contract. Believe me, I'm going to get paid. I've won two lawsuits already, but that in 43 years. And I didn't have to sue them for the rest. I got paid.
What's the biggest mistake you've made in real estate? Biggest mistake I made? Oh, by trying to buy properties with no money down, thinking that the seller is stupid, that he sold me the property with no money down. When the market hit, I got caught because of the tenants left. I had no equity in the deal, and I lost my properties. So never, never will I buy a property unless I put 20, 25% down. If I don't have it, I don't buy it. I'm not going back to the same 2007 market anymore. The market is going to be turned around, and you'll see that there'll be a recession again in real estate. When that recession hits, are you going to be buying? If so, what will you be buying? I'm not buying. I'm, I'm already 79 years old. I work harder today than I did at 50. I still make 40 calls a day, and I love what I do. I'm only with my commissions. I buy only triple net lease deals or deals that I know have long-term leases, and I'm not buying stuff that I have to manage from day to day. No more. Especially multifamily, because a lot of the tenants are way ahead of you. They don't pay rent. They know they got two or three months free rent. They know how the system works. And they go into the court and they said, my lawyer's not here. Next time they get two weeks, then they come in again. Oh, something happened. I can't produce the documents. And the judge keeps on giving them extensions. Meanwhile, the owner of the apartment building or complex is losing so much money per month. And it's costing them high legal fees to get rid of the tenants that don't pay rent. So as far as I'm concerned, I'll only buy triple net lease deals that are long-term. And lastly, once again, what's the best place the best ever listeners can get a hold of you? Again, they can reach me at 847-226-5081. My email, again, is mel, M-E-L-M, Kaplan, K-A-P-L-A-N, at AOL.com. And my office is 2970 Maria, Suite 202, Northbrook, Illinois, 60062. Mel, thank you so much for being on the show and sharing your wisdom with us that you've acquired through the years in real estate investing and talking about different tips that you have from negotiating to where you said never ask a seller for an exclusive, don't give them a chance to say yes or no, to the story you told us about the deals that you did that weren't successful around 2007, how you approach it now, what you invest in, and then also the no 100% leverage technique, which sells books, but in your case and based on your experience, it doesn't turn out as well as what people might say it turns out to turn. So thank you for being on the show. Also talking about the different approaches that you take to listing properties and to structuring deals. Love that example of the 3,600 units. And you came up with the seller taking back a second mortgage for a short period of time. So I hope you have a best ever day and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you very, very much for interviewing me. 
Thank you. Empire Industries, a national award-winning company and the fastest-growing property management company in Houston, would like to offer you, best ever listener, a 30-day love-us-or-leave-us guarantee. Contact Empire Industries at 888-866-6727 for more info. That's 888-866-6727.